and welcome to Crypto Cafe with Randy Zuckerberg. I'm your host, Randy, and in this cafe, we embrace newcomers and experts alike to all things crypto, NFTs, AI, metaverse, you name it. I'm thrilled to bring you today an incredible special guest. We're going to highlight the culture and camaraderie that exists in digital art. It's truly such a special place and uh, with a focus on the power of community, kindness, and the value of culture, which are things that all businesses and organizations can take away. For more on this topic, I definitely want to encourage you to check out thehug.xyz. Um, that is my startup that I work on with Debbie and Michael, frequent collaborators on this podcast. Uh, at Hug, we are the most inclusive destination for blockchain curious artists and art lovers, and we have tons of free and exciting resources for creators. With that, I'm so excited to introduce my special guest for today, Jack Butcher, an advertising guru who has, who has quickly become one of the most important digital artists today. Jack is a designer and entrepreneur known for product design, branding, and marketing work. After spending 10 years working in Fortune 100 advertising in New York City, Jack took the decision to start a company that creates visual explanations of complex ideas. Jack, thanks for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. So first of all, maybe you can uh, decode uh, what it actually means to create visual explanations of, of complex ideas and, and how someone might use that. Sure. So my background in all of these different commercial applications of design, retroactively, I realized the most valuable thing I was doing there was condensing stories and strategies into 10 or 15 visuals and then standing in front of a room of people and trying to explain something in a way that really got to the essence of it and each time the, the amount of practice i had distilling ideas into visuals just convinced me that this format for storytelling was incredibly powerful and after doing that in other businesses for so long, I decided to start my own thing. I called it Visualized Value. This was back in 2017. And the majority of the people I worked with at the beginning of that venture were people who didn't have tangible products to sell. So it wasn't like you could point at an object and say, here's the thing. It would be a service or a piece of software or an idea that required you filling this gap from somebody not knowing what it was to really understanding the essence of it. And these simple visuals that borrow concepts and ideas from other places and make these hard, like make these comparisons between before, after, and just invite contrast into understanding these ideas started to resonate. And then I just kind of pursued that idea over the last three or four years. Mm. Uh, what uh, was there a kind of a specific light bulb moment for you that you got excited about going from kind of Fortune 100 marketing and media to uh, to kind of, to digital artist? Yeah, I think the the this transition from being in a full time role where I was tasked with explaining the value proposition of these massive businesses. The second step from that was sitting down with the founder of a company or somebody that had a you know, huge amount of skin in the game and belief in whatever it was that they were building. And that kind of took it one step out from this 
company that wasn't necessarily something I was personally interested in, then essentially I just started applying that process to the things that I was personally interested in. So that wasn't digital art to begin with, but when I discovered Ethereum and more specifically NFTs, my personal journey of understanding that, I started to translate that into these visuals and that kind of naturally became the thing that I spent most time on. Um, I had people telling me two or three years earlier that I should be more deliberate about calling myself an artist as I was producing this stuff, but it never really felt like, uh, it never felt natural until the infrastructure existed on the digital side natively to really think about what I was doing in that way. So it wasn't until 2021, uh, another, I guess, light bulb moment could have been discovering a platform at the time was Foundation, which is a, a digital auction house, essentially, this place to curate the work and sell the work that you're making. Um, discovering that and just seeing how well that was built, what, how well designed that was, was uh, was definitely a light bulb moment for me where I, I realized I could see like that contextualize everything I was doing where I was before I was sharing it on all these different social networks. This felt like, you know, a virtual gallery and auction house specifically designed to showcase this work in that context. And that, yeah, I would say that's probably the, the closest thing I had to a specific moment in time where I realized that transition was happening. Hmm. It's uh, it's exciting. We're and we're all we're all delighted uh, that you found your way into the space. Um, you recently brought together two incredibly influential figures in the NFT community. I'd love to hear uh, a, a, the play by play of how you did that and and how that launch went. This uh, which one? Which you? Oh, the thre which, thread guy and thread guy. Uh, yes. So, incredibly, I was actually on holiday a couple of weeks ago when all this was going down, um, there is a prominent collector in the VV ecosystem goes by the name of board Elon Musk. And he made this offer to thread guy who is, uh, one of the most, one of the hardest working man in web three, we'll call him for now. He's, uh, every day grinding it out, doing spaces, bringing a lot of great energy to a, you know, otherwise, sometimes dull environment right now we've been experiencing the last few months. And um, so Bord Elon offered Threadguy a Opepin in exchange for this mutant ape that he'd been, been wearing as his profile picture for the last six months or so. And it was essentially a, a in some ways you could think of it as a no risk deal. He's not, he wasn't offering, he wasn't asking him to make the trade directly. By the end of it, this was just uh, an ask for him to change how he displayed himself. And all of this uh, conversation erupted on the timeline around, you know, is the equity that Threadguy has built, is it all stored in this single image? And he eventually got to the deal deadline and decided not to do it. And I responded to basically his announcement that he was decided not to with a custom version of the Opepin that he would have ended up taking had he 
accepted the deal. And then he changed that to his profile picture. So he basically skipped over all of the financial incentives that were offered and did it for just doing it. And uh, then we saw a bunch of activity just blast off after the fact. And I just had this idea to make that image available to people that wanted to collect it at the time. So we did a $2 mint on an L2 on Zora with a, you know, probably a 15 cent gas fee, 50 cent gas fee for minting it. So people were spending $2 and 50 cents and the mint fee went straight to ThreadGuys. So all of these, you know, all of the energy that he's put into producing content and showing up every day for the last two or three years, there hasn't really been an elegant way for him to capture the value that he's created there. And there was something really, there was a lot of different stars that aligned. This is not something I'm saying is like completely replicable, but it really was like a lightning in a bottle moment where um, everybody was, at least a lot of people were invested in how that story developed and wanted to either collect that moment, send a little bit of economic energy, thread guy's way. And uh, it there was an explosion of, creativity based on that little color palette that was extracted from the original image and applied to, in this case, the Opepum, but out into a bunch of other derivatives. And uh, yeah, we just seen a lot more of that behavior, I think, normalizing this idea of low cost, accessible, fun interaction versus, you know, inaccessible collectibles that you have to kind of gatekeep um, access with so it was it was very fun to watch and like i said i can't take credit for much of it i was on vacation for the week before and just came back and saw an opportunity to do something for him and it, it turned into something a little bigger well i think it's really i mean first of all i think it really represents the power uh of the culture uh, right now in, in the nft world and the importance of uplifting uh, fellow creators do you think um like, are you seeing this in other spheres of the art world or is this really kind of unique to the Web3 ecosystem? I can say, I mean, I probably can't comment on other spheres because I've way over allocated to this one. So based <laughs> on what I experience on a day to day basis, I think um, there are obviously rails and there's infrastructure in place that makes this a little not necessarily easier, but the there's just something powerful about this idea of making these moments in time collectible where people are in the same way that you go to a special concert and you want to keep the ticket stub or you go watch a, a game that you're passionate about and you, uh, you know, you try and get the, the jersey from the player that scored the winning goal. This is that on a much smaller and more nimble scale i guess like people i think i'll look back at that one image in 10 years time and remember this week where ten thousand people made a derivative image of this project that we were working on at the time and in my mind i think this stuff does happen in other cultures and like interest groups i wouldn't say the traditional art world particularly because a lot of this behavior is almost the inverse of the traditional art world in my mind yep. but there are certainly like just uh, on a huge scale, there are musicians where the kind of the culture or the swarm of interest around what they're doing, these things happen multiple times 
a week probably on the internet or a month or whatever, but they don't have the mechanisms in place to capture that or to, you know, redirect energy at somebody in the community. It's really this one way relationship. So one of the reasons that this stuff interests me so much is because, you know, the internet as a canvas or a gathering place or, a, you know, a place where people spend so much time and energy, if, if that is a huge part of your life and there are these big moments you're experiencing there, then being able to capture them in a more immutable way is just fascinating to me. And this was, a, I think, a good example of that. Absolutely. Uh, for anyone who's uh, recently tuning into Crypto Cafe, I'm excited to be speaking with Jack Butcher today, an advertising guru turned one of the most important digital artists. I'm your host, Randy Zuckerberg in the Crypto Cafe. And speaking of uplifting fellow creators, it's now time for our special mentorship segment where an emerging artist gets to ask our guest a question. If you're interested in asking a question and getting mentored live in the future, make sure you follow hug on social media for the opportunity. Uh, with that, I'm thrilled to welcome Laura Punk, a poet, journalist, and copywriter working in the Web3 space. She's written for projects including Forgotten Runes and Nouns, and her first poetry collection, Singing in the Dark Times, is available now. Uh, what is your question for Jack? Uh, hi, Randy. Hi, Jack. Thank you very much. Um, and my question is as follows. Uh, as a poet, marketer, and writer, I'm fascinated by your work, uh, which is instantly recognizable and powerfully mimetic. Uh, from, mer mer from Merge to checks to, to Opepin and now Infinity, everything you do has a consistent voice and a coherent brand. So I wanted to know, how do you build a brand concept and successfully carry it through these often wildly divergent applications and what lessons can we take from that when we are building our own brands great question yeah, i'd love to hear what you think incredible question yeah thank you um i think the idea of uh i may not say this perfectly but this the definition of a brand ironically to me has a lot in common with the fundamental crypto infrastructure, this idea of decentralized belief in something. So your brand is just this, this thing that exists in everybody else's head. Uh, so like, you know, 1000 people around the world, 10,000 people around the world have this cumulative understanding of what you do or how you think or what you're capable of. And I'm probably, I don't know, 50,000 tweets in and 5,000 images into my art career. And I think underestimating the amount of repetition it takes, especially as a digitally native practicing artist, how many times you have to put something on the timeline and have your name be associated with the thing that is, is seen there. I think there are exceptions to the rule here where, and. I don't know how this happens, but there are people who, I mean, maybe this is just a, a perception of mine. Like the body of work somebody has is like, you know, a hundred pieces of work and they're a world renowned artist. In my mind, that is like the most ludicrous ambition to have and the, the mechanisms that underlie the internet punish you for that basically. Like the, the volume of work, like if you want to be 
a recognized artist make more art that's like what it comes down to is just like make and make and make and make and make and especially if you're doing it on the internet you're getting this nuanced feedback every single time and this is not a you know this is not a recommendation to do what people are telling you to do but you do get great insight and feedback when things are being amplified versus not being amplified and there is a balance in listening to okay if this is the medium i'm choosing to practice in the things i produce have to have some organic traction on that medium otherwise i'm in the wrong spot so it's a really delicate balance between doing exactly what or, or being like overly influenced by what you hear versus this delicate you know get some feedback add it the, i think the thing i've learned in the last six months particularly is open sourcing the thinking and the process has really helped me and i think in terms of brand building if you want to call it that the amount of exposure somebody has to your thinking is a hundred x there even if you're working towards producing 10 images, 20 images, but you've detailed the thought process in 500 tweets before that, you could make the argument that the majority of the equity and the belief and the interest in the story comes from the, the, the rationale, the decisions, the process, the, the things that you butted your head against. So I think it's, it, yes, yeah, definitely if you make more art, but it's also open source as much of your thinking as you can and find the like find the medium that helps you do that with the least friction. So if you're a great writer, you should write. If you can if you if you speak well and like record a podcast, if you're great on camera, like just could do a daily um video journal or whatever, that I think that is also a really powerful tool and for me originally that was the visualized value constraint where i just i had these constraints where i didn't have to wake up and think from a blank page just like force my thinking into this set of visual constraints put the thing out wake up the next day do it again do it again do it again so uh that was a rambling answer a little bit all over the place but i think that is the set of beliefs that i had when i when i began but also I have some evidence that that works at this point. It's I, I I really like that answer a lot about just kind of creating content and putting it out there. But uh, uh, it's definitely a, a really solid question um, that was asked because I feel like as soon as, you know, people always want the hits, like you go to a concert mm -hmm. and people are always like a little disappointed when the artist is like playing their new stuff. They're like, we, we want the hits, the the greatest that we know. And I, I feel like it's the same with visual art. You're always towing that line between kind of like giving your audience what they want and experimenting and diving into the, the new projects and the new mediums. Um, Laura Punk, where can people go to, uh, to reach you and to follow you and your incredible rising career? Uh, well, uh, first of all, thank you very much. That was like a masterclass and a three minute answer is a lot to unpack there. And uh, hopefully I will be able to use it. And if you want to watch me attempt to put this advice into practice, you can check it out on Twitter or X as it is now, lorepunk.eth. Um, and uh, you can see a lot of my writing there. But 
I just can't wait to hit the ground running with some of your great advice. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you. It was yeah. a great question. Can't wait to see it. Uh, Jack, in our final moments together, uh, I'd love to hear what you're working on now, what we can look forward to, and, and what you're excited about. What am I working on now? We have 190 more releases on uh, a Pepin project, so we're working on that, which is intimidating. There, so collaborations. We're talking to people about building new infrastructure to make that stuff um, happen without as much uh, physical intervention on our part. So, out of this, we're also hoping to open source some of the tools and the software that we're writing to manage all of our work internally. So, obviously, art is the focus, but there's also shout out to. Um, Jalil and Traff, the guys I work with on all of the software stuff, just incredible, incredible talent. And yeah, that some of the more practical things that come out of building these projects, we're going to open source that too, because that, you know, those things feel like huge barriers to entry in this, in this world too. It's, it's not easy to, um, get your work out like it's not easy to do both of those things at once you know produce great work and build all the infrastructure that that allows you to tap into the nuances of this technology which is what we're trying to trying to push push a little bit further in each release and then kind of as we prove that model open source the software that we wrote to make it possible so that's the plan in the in the near term well, thank you for being, I mean, such an incredible member of the Web3 community. I think, you know, you really are championing, um, uplifting fellow creators and, and collaborating and having all ships rise together. So it's really uh, exciting to see you be so successful while also being able to do that. Where can people go to reach you and to follow and, and learn all about your incredible art? So... We actually just shipped a new domain, vv.xyz is where we're going to put all the, the feeds from all the projects and then uh, at Jack Butcher on every other social platform. So I'll see you there. Wonderful. Well, thanks so much for the conversation today, for being such a great mentor uh, for an emerging artist. And uh, thanks for all the incredible and beautiful work you're putting out into the world. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me. That was Jack Butcher, artist and designer. If you want to learn more about the NFT community, if this sparked uh, your interest, um, definitely check out uh, all of Jack's uh, recent art and uh, very excited for the coming drops. And get uh, you can get lots of resources, news on trending creator topics delivered straight to your inbox with our weekly newsletter, Creator Royalties. You can go to thehug.xyz for more information. Tune in this week for a brand new episode of What You Need to Know in the Crypto Cafe with myself, Randy Zuckerberg, and my hug contributors, Debbie and Michael, where we cover the latest trending news in the creator space in 10 minutes or less. And stay tuned for more special guest features in the Crypto Cafe. If you take away one thing from today, it's that Web3 uh, in the, these early days is a beautiful community and ecosystem where people are collaborating, artists are coming together and uplifting one another. It's really uh, an incredible emerging world to be part of. So thanks for tuning in. Look forward to being back with you next week.